I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tis but a simple night where two grown men get into a room and discuss Rush lyrics. That's the Gamers 2 podcast. Your, your weekly roundup of news and commentary related to the video game industry and anything else that may pique our interest. I got good news for you, Matt. Yeah. F1's back. F1 is back. It's back. I don't remember what godforsaken hour the race is going to happen. You know what's annoying about this? Probably tonight at 2 a.m. or something. No, it's actually a surprisingly normal time. Uh. I don't believe you. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. tomorrow. That's the thing that annoys me, though, is that it's tomorrow. Instead of Sunday. Instead of Sunday. So I made all these plans for tomorrow that begin at 10 a.m. And then I started paying attention today to what was happening. And I was like, wait a minute. Why are we doing qualifying today? And I was like, oh, maybe it's just a sprint weekend. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And then it turns out the race is on Saturday and not Sunday. So. Well, it's only for the first, like, couple. Yeah, I think I think it's just this one, isn't it? I think. It's well, just- yeah, because technically Australia is Sunday morning at, like, 2 a.m. or whatever. Yeah. Well, this one's weird because they, they specifically put the race on a Saturday. And right. I, I don't know if it was... Oh, you know why? Now I'm thinking about it. Is there a a holiday? Um, I have no idea. Isn't there a, like a Muslim holiday? March 3rd? I have no idea. Coming up? I could just start ripping holidays, man, but I tell you Anyways. right now, I know I'm not going to be right. Whatever. That's, you know, first that world very, problems. That very well might be the case, but either way, yeah. yeah. Um, But anyway, I got three new games for you. All right, new games, things that I can't play. And when I say new games, I mean Brothers A Tale of Two Sons Remake for the PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster for the PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. And Final Fantasy VII Remake for the PS5. So technically, the three games are all remakes and remasters. (laughs) Nothing new. Wait a minute. I bamboozled you. I think... uh... I think the industry is bamboozling us all. Does every day. Good news. In the time that I've been speaking, another 3,000 people have been laid off. <laughs> you, you might be correct on that one. Uh, it's, and... it's a pretty 
uh, depressing week as they have been. And just because of that, I'm going to get right into number one. Okay. Because just when you thought we might be done with the layoffs, all oh, we just getting started. Indie studio Radical Forge has been hit with a round of layoffs with an unspecified number of employees affected. The studio has co-developed titles such as Gang Beasts, Sea of Thieves, and Zombie Army 4, and released its first original IP, Brightpaw, in 2020. Which I uh, haven't heard of, but that's... Um, no, but the first three are pretty good. good. It's a good resume for a sports studio. Yeah. Life is Strange True Colors developer Deck9 Games has cut 20% of its total workforce. 505 Games has closed studios in France, Germany, and Spain. Wildlife Studios has announced that it will cut its workforce by 21%, which is 133 people. Now, this is for my own uh, preference, but I like that. I like percent plus number Mm -hmm. because it gives the correct thing and not just 20% of 12 people is, you know, two or whatever. Yeah, or like... You know, 5%, which amounts to 1,000 people, two. you know. Yeah, exactly. Or the old, uh, what was it, where they're like, uh, we are going to let go of like nine people. And you're like, okay, but how big is the studio? <laughs> 14 people. <laughs> that's like, okay, that's massive. <laughs> Cloud Imperium Games has laid off an unknown number of staff. I'm sure we'll find out next week. Which is, which is the true worst numbers. Unknown. <laughs> what, what does it mean? Supermassive Games is planning to have they even, they haven't even come out with a game yet. Right. <laughs> True. Supermassive Games is planning to lay off approximately 90 employees from the company. Per an internal email, Supermassive informed 150 staffers they are at risk. So 60 of you stay and 60 of you go. It's weird to me that that's... I mean, it's. I get the point behind the... It's a law. It's a law in the UK that... If they're if they're gonna do mass layoffs, they have to notify anyone who could possibly be laid off. Yeah, but can then you now you have to just go. Yeah, it's like Hunger know. Games or something. It's like you know what, 150 of you, you're the 90 of you are gonna get the, are gonna be gone. Axe sitting over your head, being like, don't know when it's gonna fall. Yeah. Might not. I might get to not have to worry about it. Electronic Arts announced that it is laying off approximately five percent of its employees. Yeah. I don't know what the number is on that. I didn't see it anywhere, and I didn't look it up, which I probably should have. But anyways. Number two, speaking of EA. I say we might as well go right into it. Electronic Arts has announced the closure of Ridgeline Games, the studio working on a new single-player Battlefield campaign. As reported by IGN, the project is set to continue with, quote, some employees from Ridgeline set to join Ripple Effect. Another Battlefield studio working on a different experience within the franchise. This is according this is according to an internal note seen by IGN, which suggested Criterion producer Danny Isaac and studio head of creative Darren White all uh, will take over the project following the departure of Ridgeline's former head and founder Marcus Leto. Um, I think that was confirmed actually as well that Criterion's t- taking over the development of the single player experience. Uh, EA also confirmed the cancellation of Star Wars, the Star Wars first-person shooter game in development at Respawn, you know, the one that we literally just learned about. Yep, literally just learned about, literally just said, man, they're remaking 1313, and then, well, guess what fate it got? Mm, that Star Wars kiss of death. 
which is rumored to be a Mandalorian bounty hunter game. There will, however, be a third Star Wars Jedi game. Uh, EA... Oh, I'm so surprised. I couldn't <laughs> have ever guessed. Who would have thunk it? EA CEO Andrew Wilson said in a note to staff that the company is planning to, quote, move away from development of future licensed IP that we do not believe will be successful in our changing industry, end quote. Um, couple addendums. Electronic Arts is shutting down two of its mobile titles, EA Sports, MLB Tap Sports. Weird one. And F1 Mobile Racing, which um, that, that contributed to a portion of the layoffs. And then on social media, Marcus Lido said, quote, Yes, I left EA on my own accord. This was a very tough decision for me to make. I want to thank the Battlefield community for allowing me to listen to you while I was able. Your feedback will help make Battlefield stronger. I wish the teams at EA all the best moving forward. In the meantime, I will take time away from games to see what, if anything, I want to do next. Quote. Wild. Yeah. I mean, this, you're you're right with this week is going to be depressing because it's all layoffs. It is. It's all. I mean, there's some things that could potentially be nice in the future, but I don't have a lot of faith. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know. The EA stuff is wild. Um. I mean, it's. It was EA bound to happen, but. Uh, obviously, they're moving towards a future that maybe we aren't big fans of necessarily. Cause I think they're just going to double down on the things they make money on, which obviously they're a business. So that's what they would do. Um, but for me personally, I don't like any of that stuff. So, right. But it also kill saying that they're basically no longer going to take risks is like a really weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, That's a hundred percent. What it is is like, we're not going to take risks anymore. So like into to kill, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure we'll find out more about like we did with God. Sorry, like we did with Star Wars thirteen thirteen. I'm sure we'll find out more about the Star Wars game that was canceled and like you know. I guess all the Battlefield games are still in production. So, but you're not going to take risks, and then you're going to tell me that Dragon Age still exists, and you're still working on bet on Mass Effect. And then there's the rumor that, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later, but that Dragon Age is coming out this year. Yeah, we, we do touch on that. Um, what fucking high horse are you thinking, you're sitting from? Like, they had absolutely no shot. What did it for me, since we're on the topic, uh, what did it for me with the Dragon Age rumor was the, it was the second half of the statement. I think it, I think it, I can't remember, I think it was Jason Schreier who was, who talked about Dragon Age. But the second half of the statement was Bioware is internally confident in the release date. And I was like, oh, that's not that's not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's literally all of us going, oh no, no, no. Uh, I think what upsets me more is like, okay, we're not gonna take risks, right? Yeah. Your problem isn't taking your risks. Your problem is releasing half baked risks. Yes. You had a thing with Anthem that could have been good. Yeah. But you didn't nurture it before you released it like you should have. Yeah, you got you got scurred. You wanted that money. And so you panicked. Yep. And Which... it's like, you know, you've made the mistake. Like, that's what hurt it, not anything else. Need for Speed isn't dying because Need for Speed is unpopular. It's still one of the most popular racing titles ever. You just release you... shit games. Right. 
out of touch games, I guess, probably the best way to put it. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah. Number three. Remedy has reacquired the rights to its hit action game Control from 505 Games. The Finnish video game developer now owns the rights to the hit 2019 action game alongside its upcoming sequel and the multiplayer cooperative spin-off game Condor. 505 Games will continue as the publisher of the original Control until December 31st, 2024. The cost of the deal is 17 million euros, which is a, the amount that 505 Games had invested in the development of Control 2 and Condor. Remedy says that it will weigh whether to self-publish or to find a new publishing partner for the Control titles. Digital Bros, which owns 505 Games, is shifting its focus strategy to focus on fewer titles and on IP that it owns with long-term value creation. Good for Remedy, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I question 505 Games not yeah. wanting to be involved with a sequel to Control. Right. <laughs> when you want money. And when you just watched Alan Wake go bonkers. Yeah, like Control did well. And is a very good And game. is very well regarded. Yeah. Um, Alan Wake 2, obviously, great game. Yeah, don't have to say much about it. It speaks for itself. So, like, clearly Remedy is, like, uh, on a roll. I wonder if they attempted to, like, up their, their yeah, costs maybe. or something, and Remedy went, what if we just buy you away from us? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they're thinking it's, like, a little pain for, you know, a short-term pain for a long-term growth but or goals. I don't know. That, and they have enough, uh, uh, I don't know, enough, like, use with epic at this mm. point that they might just go to them and say like do you want to publish yeah remedy's got friends now so why and it's not? not like especially after alan wake 2 that they couldn't ship themselves around and be like hey who wants to publish our next yeah game? exactly now they could probably write their own checks for with whoever they want or at least end up in a better deal yeah um, number four, Toys for Bob announced that it will be returning to its roots as an independent studio, spinning off from Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. While the studio is splitting off, it is not cutting ties with Microsoft entirely and is exploring a possible partnership with its former parent. Uh, it is also working on a new game, but the title is expected to remain unannounced for some time. Co-studio heads Paul Yan and Avery Lodato emphasized that, quote, Activision and Microsoft have been extremely supportive of our new direction, end quote. Founded in 1989, Toys for Bob has worked on numerous hit franchises, starting with Star Control and continuing on through spinoffs for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Guitar Hero before making the signature hit with Skylander's Spyro's Adventure. Uh, more recently, the studio developed Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, and last year's Crash Team Rumble. It has also chipped in on Call of Duty projects like Modern Warfare 3 and Warzone. Um, interesting idea to, to go back to being independent. Um, Microsoft seems to like to do this, and why not? It's good press for them. And they get a potential partner who, you know, isn't a... They don't have to... 
worry about their what they have going on and they and if they come up with a new game then they're like yeah sure we'll we'll publish it or we'll do whatever with it yeah that's the nice idea yeah the bad idea is why are you leaving well they were what are you gonna do they were getting i think that was the thing they, was they might have been getting axed they were because they closed their offices but it's remember? like what are you gonna what are you doing yeah what are you up to because, like, a lot of your IPs are owned by Activision. So what are you doing? Yeah. I'm wondering if it was kind of one of those situations, based on the fact that they had they were hit with layoffs, and, like, a, I think a good portion of the studio was laid off, and the offices were closed. Yeah, it was like, we can stay alive if we separate ties, but if we don't, we might not live. Yeah, and I'm wondering if their pro- whatever project they were working on was going to be canceled, and they, they said, like, hey... If you um, give it to us, we'll save it and we'll stay. We'll we'll go away with. Yeah, it. we'll go independent, and Microsoft's probably like that's a a win for us because we're just gonna shut you down anyways. So like you know, we'll take the good press. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious to see what they do. It's I I find it interesting that Microsoft's like really willing to do that. Like this is not the first time they've done this. No, it's not. But it, I'm just curious what they actually end up doing. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Because if 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 it's one of those uh, the old joke of like you can't fire me I quit it's like okay, well you can't lay me off if I'm not here yeah so we're just gonna go separate and they're like oh okay that saves us a lot of problems that works for us we'll sign yeah we'll sign those deals it's like yeah we're working on this new game too we're like okay yeah no no like you whenever you finish that go ahead and bring it back to us if you want and like we'll we'll see about like game yeah. or something but it's like sh- you know they did some good they did good with some other stuff but like. I, I just I don't know what what they're gonna succeed. Yeah, they're not from an original IP standpoint. Yeah, they're not like they're not like Remedy. <laughs> we'll just we'll right. just put it that way. They're not like Remedy going buying their IP back and being like we're gonna worry about publishing on our own is you know a different situation than. Toys for Bob being like, hey, we're independent now. But what do I know? I'm just the dude on a couch talking about video games. I'm just a man in a box. Time for Sony. Number five, Sony Interactive Entertainment is cutting 8% of its global PlayStation workforce, including the complete closure of PlayStation London Studio. In, in uh, Do we have the fun part about the fact that he was there? A couple he days was literally beforehand? there. It's not in there, but we can definitely mention it. <laughs> uh, Jim Ryan was at that exact studio five days before. Was it five days before? I think and they were. They were giving. They threw him like a farewell party for his upcoming retirement or yeah. upcoming leave, whatever you want to call it, of of Sony. And there's the photo of him with. There's everyone, the photo like... of him with everyone, and then they got closed. Yep. So if you see him, he's a dead albatross. <laughs> yeah. In an internal email shared by SIE President and CEO Jim Ryan in a blog post, the layoffs will impact employees across all SIE regions, including the Americas, Europe, Middle East, and and Africa. Oh, that's what that stands for. The EMEA. Yep. I never knew that that was Europe, Middle East, and Africa. You did. You did. 
we do this we do this every fucking time where we so where we were met we we did rediscover it and then forget it that might be true but for the lec mm-hmm. the europe's lcs yeah i believe it's the emea masters or whatever so it's like they're using the same acronym and i just was always like I know that stands for Europe something, but I just don't remember what it's like. Okay, never mind. That makes a lot more sense now. Anyway, uh, Japan and the Asia Pacific in Europe, PlayStation London Studio is set to close and cuts will be made at Fire Sprite and Guerrilla Games in the US. Insomniac Games, Naughty Dog and PlayStation's technology, creative and support teams will be affected in addition to other teams across PlayStation Studios. As shared by PlayStation Studios head Herman Hulst in a separate blog post. Sony reported an increase in sales for the whole company and its PlayStation division in its latest financial results, with net sales for the nine months ended December 31st, 2023, increasing to $21.2 billion for its game and network services division. I don't know if you noticed, but I like to do that. I like to toss in how much money they how made. much money they made in their last quarter after they. <laughs> After they lay off a bunch of people? Yeah. It, oh, you, or, you're not the only one. <laughs> I also appreciate it, and I do know that there are a bunch of people that are like, it's really weird you're laying off 1,900 people, when if we look at the numbers, <laughs> you made enough to hire them over six times. Oh, Jesus. Dutch, web, Dutch website AD later revealed that Gorilla lost around 10% of its headcount. Jason Schreier said that the Horizon online game was not canceled. Jason Schreier reported that a Twisted Metal live service game previously in development at Fire Sprite had been canceled. Why, do we even stop? I mean, no. They all just flow so nicely I into know, each they other. Really, they really do. It's, all, it's like you planned it, which is it's, weird. It's, yeah, it is weird. Uh, Fire Sprite studio staffers say the company took a turn for the worst after becoming a Sony subsidiary, <laughs> according to a Eurogamer expose. <laughs> I love it. First off, love that you managed to get the accent on the E and expose. Yeah. Well done. Uh, second, love that they're just like, uh, yeah, no, we're shutting down because ever since we came here, this has just been worse. <laughs> this, is, this fucking sucks. Um, longstanding senior leaders, including most of the founders, left the company in the past year with new leadership brought in from XDev, a Sony support studio. Uh, you get it. They were X. They were X. They're, they're going to be X. Foreboding. Eurogamer reported that two of these X dev leaders had accumulated around 13 grievance complaints. Amongst the allegations were sexual discrimination and ageism. But sources said a Sony investigation dismissed the case, or the cases rather, as a misunderstanding. Uh, Eurogamer, that's making its rounds in Formula One too. Uh, Eurogamer said that some staffers took matters. <laughs> it all comes back together. <laughs> uh, some staffers took matters further as they explored more legal options and have allegedly received a financial payout from Sony. The acquisition also had an impact on development, specifically on the company's VR game Horizon: Call of the Mountain. The studio was under pressure from Sony and Gorilla Games to make Call of the Mountain a high-quality PSVR 2 title, and it had to be ready for the headset's launch. In order to make that happen, Fire Sprite's development team doubled in size within three months. That's kind of nuts. However, it was challenging to integrate new talent, and the studio had to crunch to release the game on its targeted launch date. Eurogamer added that as employees left and redundancies occurred at the studio, the corporate messaging maintained that there was no issues. So everything that we've... yeah. 
you know that we would normally expect out of a massive owned entity when like I need a game by blah. Yeah. The doubled in size is nuts. Yeah. Because we don't know what the number was before. I just wanted to I wanted to make a point to bring up talking about Sony. Because do you remember how how long has it go about two years now? Pepper's Farm remembers. Has it been two years? Depends. When Sony uh bought Bungie. Uh two, three two... years? It's hard to know. It doesn't matter. I think it's two years because it was right after they were buying Blue Point. Yeah. And while they were in argument about Microsoft buying Activision, then they literally said, you can't do that, and then bought Bungie. Yes. Um, The whole reason Sony gave for buying Bungie was because they wanted to acquire talent. They wanted to not only acquire talent, but they wanted to have a live service game, and Bungie was the only person they could buy that had history with a live service model. Yeah. But I remember reading they made a whole stink about, you know, we want to acquire talent and, and retain talent and all this stuff. And they were they were giving all these bonuses out at Bungie to try to get developers to stay after they bought. Yeah, I do remember that, yeah. And then two years later, they're literally like laying off a ton of devs and closing studios and like And telling Bungie you're at fault for your own actions. Yeah. Oh man, Hiroki Totoki <laughs> specifically said Bungie is to blame for Bungie's downfalls, not Sony. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's wild. It's just a wild. And if you got a man like Hiroki Totoki telling, giving you the business, I mean, he's not going to pull any punches. He's 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 going to give it to you straight. If there's one thing I know <laughs> about a Hiroki Totoki, straight shooter, straight shooters, yeah, from the hip. <laughs> Jesus. It's such a fun name. It is. It is a fun name. But I mean, let's see. That's I I wish we had like the kind of um not concatenated list, um aggregated list, I guess, a little bit. Microsoft nineteen hundred. Sony, bunch of studios. Uh so there's your two big ones. Nintendo's just smoking in the corner like weird. You don't know why you guys are releasing anybody, and then it's like, all right, everybody else is releasing everybody. Yeah, indie studios are closing. Indie, what do you know? Everything we just... got, we got a. There is a website actually. I think there is a website. There is a there is a layoff website. Yeah, um, I just don't remember what it is off my head. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, we have to be well over ten thousand at this point. We probably got to be pushing probably. twenty. Yeah, probably. We're probably in the teens. Yeah, it'll be it'll be over thirty thousand by the end of the year, probably. Because you really think Sony's done? No, that's kind of... Do you think Microsoft's of, done? No, I think there's Microsoft gonna... might be done. But I can also see immediately where they're not done. I think they're done because of the acquisition thing. I don't know if they're done from a... Like, Xbox Studios thing. Yeah, I mean, it's... They laid off so many people so, like, really quickly that they might let it stabilize for a year before. Yeah, I think. Re- and then reevaluate again. Yeah, I think, I do think we're, we will see more. Okay. Let's... I'm waiting for the Ubisoft lays off everybody and sells their entire company one. 
because that might come this year. We've been we've been saying it's coming for a while. There's a chance Ubisoft is gone this year. Jesus. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is Kotaku, so I'm assuming it's reasonably well accurate. But they're saying just in 2024 so far. Just 2024. 8,100 layoffs. Yeah, that sounds about right. So we're in the teens then because I think the end of last year there was about, like not accounting for the whole year, but just like, you know, the last Last quarter quarter, or whatever, there were 6,000 or so layoffs. So, yeah. My my next guess is Ubisoft closes. Like, uh, like. Completely? Yeah. That'd be wild. Either closes or gets bought or is broken up and sold sold away. And like is a shell of them for their former selves almost. Take two will probably see layoffs. Rockstar themselves won't because they need to finish six, so they won't lay off I until think- after that's done. I think Ubisoft will go through a bout of like heavy layoffs and a couple. I think they'll go off. Yeah, they'll go through a bunch of layoffs rather than try to sell off their parts to fix the issue. Yeah, we do talk a little bit about Ubisoft and their some of their plans going forward. So they still seem to be quite bullish for some reason. French. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Which is also the opposite. No, I feel like French are pretty cocky. Right, but then the the whole military joke would be like, we surrender. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's like bullishly stubborn to keep going, but the old ha-ha-ha, the French just surrendered just the op- you know, in yeah. the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, anyway, how about Embracer? Yeah, why these, not? How about these shit bags? What the fuck are they up to? <laughs> Let's see how many people they let go of. Embracer is poised to sell off Sabre Interactive to a private investor group in a deal up to $500 million. As reported by Bloomberg, a source familiar with the matter said Sabre will continue developing the remake of Star Wars The Knights of the Old Republic. Sabre Interactive was originally acquired by Embracer in 2020 for $525 million. In 2022, development of the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake was passed to Sabre from Aspy Media, Aspy Media, after I think there's supposed to be an R in there at the end. I think it's supposed to be Aspire. Aspire Media? I think yeah. that's true, too. Aspire Media, after it was on an indefinite, eh, indefinite hiatus, the studio is planning to release three games this year, Warhammer 40K Space Marine 2, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando, and Expeditions, a Mudrunner game. Two of those we're super hyped about. John yeah. Carpenter's Toxic Commando, I'm curious. Yeah, I didn't realize that was a thing, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, this is wild. It's a wild... For Embracer, in terms of a money thing, to potentially only lose $25 million in that time? Yeah. That's not terrible. No, it's not. It's just I wouldn't have... But they've like... just been cutting studios left and right. It's just so weird because they just bought. They just went like, what they is what nuts. is happening? They went nuts and nuts and bought everybody, and then they started doing a bunch of layoffs and closing a bunch of studios and everything. I'm like, I don't understand what they're doing anymore. I don't either. I don't either. And like, what the fuck? 
I like uh, we're making nice the Republic. We're not making nice the Republic. We're making nice the Republic. We're not making. What is going on? Okay, we're just gonna put it on the shelf. Okay, why? <laughs> I guarantee you, there's gonna be some story that comes out probably from Jason Schreier because he seems to have some contacts in Saber, where development was not going well, and they and. They were planning on canceling it, but then a bracer was like, no, we want to sell you. So, like... You got to keep it. Pretend like you're still making this game. Yeah. And even then, I'm sure there's some argument that, they're, that they've probably had with Disney. Mm-hmm. Who owns the rights. And, like, you can't. You can't. Uh, we might want to do something different now because we don't really acknowledge that lore. Yeah. Oh my god! So can you remake it, but take out the idea of this entire concept? And you're like, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, that would be. Can you make Republic? I can't Command- imagine can you make Republic Commando two, but don't have any commandos. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I I can't imagine what that small subsect of Star Wars fans would do if. <laughs> If they released the game there was just a certain thing called missing. Star Wars Nice Toy Public, and it was like completely different. <laughs> Riots. Riots would happen. We I kind of like as much as like I want that to be good, I would also not mind seeing that happen just for a an entertainment aspect. For for a sheer chaos perspective, I yeah. can tell you oh, never mind. Okay. From a sheer chaos perspective, yeah, that would be a lot of fun mm-hmm. of just watching watching that entire thing happen. It'd be like watching like the Ewok or the Christmas movie. Yeah. You're just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But at the same time, in terms of sheer chaos, I want them to remake the MMO. Even though even though <laughs> on I'm, accident. Right. Like be like, Oh, we thought we were supposed to be doing this. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were supposed to be recreating like a version two of this. And they do a full engine update and they let it like they essentially let it go to Final Fantasy fourteen standards. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's amazing. And you're going, it's just a bunch of people going, you made an MMO in 2024? Why? (laughs) You already had your MMO. Yeah, we're canceling that one. (laughs) This one's the current one now. And you're just, everybody's just like, you know what? That's um, just as plausible as any of the other outcomes. And they're like, okay, but that one was called The Old Republic. And then it's just like, and then they, they pull you, out their notebook see, and they're checking their. Yeah, notes. you see them like clearly like staring at the person in an interview, being like, "Well, the MMO is called the Old Republic," and the developer going, "Yeah," and then the interviewer just staring at them like intently, like, "Do you understand what I'm telling you?" <laughs> and then they start like looking off to the side at like a PA going, "What are they want?" And that yeah, pulls out the little the little like index card flip notebook out of their pocket. It's like, where did I write that idea down? <laughs> Remake the nice. old republic. Arrow down knights of <laughs> Was I did I say I was gonna do the knights of the old republic? Jimmy! <laughs> we gotta change the marketing. Get uh, Bioware, whatever fucking division is still on this project. Have them change their pace. Oh, uh, that'd be great. I don't know who fucking managed that game anymore. That's yeah, a third-party studio now, right? Which is that not just weird? It is. That's I. I still like follow the subreddit, and people are like, "There's conversations going on because EA said that they were doubling down essentially on things that 
they do that makes money. And right. it's like essentially live service stuff or whatever. And people are like, oh, like what's that mean for the old public? And they're like, well, you know, well, well, you know, it's a live service game and it makes money and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I was like, it, you're right. It's a live service game. About the money part, though. <laughs> yeah. And when's the last time that it got like a content drop? I guess. Like it gets up, it gets regular updates, but I mean, like, oh, I guess, like, I guess what like I'm thinking of is like, content, I'm thinking like, like a WoW expansion. Like, they don't have traditional expansions in the way that you buy another thing; they just release like a new chapter type thing. Yeah, it's like a, it's a new saga, and it's like, okay, where's that, and where's like your raiding scene, and where's your yada yada? I'm like, Could where's your it. where's your redone graphics engine? Like, I can watch a fucking Final Fantasy 14 raid and understand it. I can watch a WoW raid and understand it. I don't understand Final Fantasy 14. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Or more likely, we probably won't see. True. All right, number eight. NetEase. At, at the same time, if, if EA just comes out and goes, you're right, we're canceling that. You're going to be like, yeah. That yeah. might. We won't have much whiplash because we'll be like, yeah, we kind of saw that coming. But. Uh, number eight, NetEase Games has opened another new studio in the West in the form of Bullet Farm. And has hired Call of Duty veteran David Vonderhaar to lead the team. Bullet Farm is headquarters in LA, but positioned as a remote first studio and is already working on a AAA game built in Unreal Engine 5. Uh, the only details of the game shared so far are that, that it is a first person title set in an original universe and will be focused on cooperative gameplay. Studio head David Vonderhaar is known to many for his 18 years spent at Call of Duty developer Treyarch, where he was a key member of the studio's leadership as it created hits such as the acclaimed Black Ops series. Uh, He announced his departure from Treyarch in August of 2023. Also joining Bullet Farm is Chris Cowell, who spent 17 years working on Call of Duty at Treyarch as well. He is taking on the role of creative director. Vaughn was one of the more public faces ah. during those times. To the point where, like, you everybody in the Call of Duty scene, if you were online, knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And people would, oh, you like, you tweet at him to get things buffed and patched and, like, whatever. Uh, even okay. though he had no, yeah, no influence over them. Uh, but no, he was always, he was always a reference unit. He was always around the community. So yeah. that makes, makes a lot of sense. Interesting. We'll see. You know, do you remember? Um, of course, I know you remember, but that's that's now you're putting pressure on. What me. I'm gonna say is that they should make another one, as in like whoever. It's, I think it's EA who actually has the rights for it. Army of Two. You mean a third one? A third one, yes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Like a remake. I go for a remake. Okay. The second one was really bad. Right. If I remember correctly. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. Way worse than the first one. Yes. But I heard AAA, AAA first-person shooter. Wasn't it a third-person shooter? It was. It was over the shoulder. Third yeah. person. Because it was in Canaan Lynch style. Yes. Which you want but to talk about? A, for whatever a game, reason. A game they could remake. Yeah. yeah. Lynch. Well, there you go. For whatever reason, Army of Two popped in my head because I'm like, you know, cooperative shooter. I'm like, yes. More of those, please. Yeah. Kane and Lynch, uh, Army of Two, Halo ODST. Oh, ODST. So good. That's good shit. That's Halo 3, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember going through the city. With a, uh, fucking that stupid SMG as your default weapon. Mm-hmm. And going through that city, doing all the fighting. And do you remember that there were two achievements? One for allowing all of the observers or whatever they were called to live. And mm-hmm. one for killing all of them. Okay. Not, I can't remember what their name was. It wasn't observers. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't think I got either of those achievements. Yeah, no, neither did I. Because I, I think I was, I think I was twenty out of thirty on killing all of them, and then mm-hmm. I just never went back. I think I did all the audio logs, though. I probably did too, and then I, I know I did the. I'm pretty sure I'd have to. I guess I'd have to double check my achievements. I'm pretty sure I did the million firefight. Okay. Because that's when firefight was introduced. Yep. Halo. I wish there was a good Halo game. We were talking about it at work the other day, and I was just like, "Yeah." And if you go get some Greco monks to sing the Halo theme, Halo Three theme in a chapel, you're gonna be wet. It's so <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, and it's like ah, oh. so good. It brings you back. It does. So, that, but that, so the, the two guys I was talking about or or talking with are younger than I am, and it was a, uh, it was the whole. Oh, yeah, you know, I remember back being, like, 10 and playing Halo and, like, not a care in the world, you know, whatever, yada, yada. And I was like, yeah, 
And I also remember not having money or having the freedom to do whatever I wanted, but I can still do the same thing. And they're like, yeah, but it's not the same. you know. That? And it's like, yes, you're chasing nostalgia that you can't ever get back yeah. because of the way the time period was. Chasing sure. the dragon. Yeah, you're literally chasing the dragon. That's what it turns into. But like, you can semi-recreate that same thing. It's just a lot harder in terms of like either adjusting for time with you know everybody's moved on in certain phases of life and everything else. Mm-hmm. But like, you can still semi-achieve them. It is just more difficult. But there's still a moment where you you get to have Dewey asleep in a recliner shoving stuffed animals up his pants. <laughs> you know? Like you, forgot about that. You can still do that. <laughs> you can still do that. It just requires uh, more effort. Uh, forgot about that. Stuffing shit up his shorts. Yeah. Because <laughs> he wouldn't wake up. <laughs> oh, man. I must have blocked that memory out. I can't believe you blocked that out because we were walking in. And he was out fucking cold, and we couldn't wake him. Yeah, he drank a four pack of eighteen percent beers in, in like thirty minutes. In thirty minutes, <laughs> and then kept drinking. And then Tyler showed up and went, "What do you mean you let him do that?" Yeah, we're like, "We didn't know we weren't supposed to." Like he was like a fucking, uh, fucking gremlin or something. Yeah, because it wasn't until like later when you know alcohol hit that it became an issue. <laughs> Uh, and so our idea to do the final raid in person, or the final heist in person, went right out the fucking window. Oh, <laughs> uh, so classic. Uh, so good. I missed that. Yeah. I still think finally back on that night and uh, the night playing Fallout, Fallout 4 yeah. in, the, in, the off, in the studio. Fallout, yeah, that was that was pretty dope. I, I, it, I specifically think of the... It's the Fuck the rest of these stories. It's the <laughs> most perfect example of a open choice game that we all get through the same tutorial, and then in the midst of without ever discussing it with each other, none of us seeing each other's screens because the only time we got up was either we had to piss, get a drink, or get a slice of pizza. Yeah, and then we kind of glanced over at each other. And I'm in Diamond City, and you two went left and right. And yeah, we I went were... straight down. We all went in quite literally the opposite direction. <laughs> the most different directions we could be in. And I'm like, what do you mean you guys haven't seen the rest of the story yet? And you're like, I don't know. I'm at this farm doing this thing. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you were in, like, Diamond City. You were in some magnificent place. Yeah, I was in Fenway. And then I looked over, and someone was, like, in the middle of, like, the most ridiculous firefight I've ever seen. Which is like Tyler. And I chose the world where, like, I literally saw nothing for, like, the hours and hours that we played. Yeah. I was like, man, this game's, like, I'm exploring and, like, reading stuff and having a good time. But, like, I look over and you guys are in the middle of, like, some fucking action Because I remember walking, watching you for a minute and you're, like, sneaking around this facility reading these terminals. And I'm just like, I can't watch this anymore. I'm going to blow my brains out. <laughs> yeah, my what is this? Are you even playing the same game? Like, yeah. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Because those are like the group ones I have, and then I specifically remember like certain WoW WoW launches where I like yeah. had time off and memorable things happen. I remember taking or like playing Warlords of Draenor on launch and getting to the point where I couldn't play anymore, and I was like, it it like launched it whatever, and then two hours later the game broke because I was in a story point where they didn't fix it for four hours, so I went to bed. Yeah, and then we I woke up and it was fixed. And I could keep going. Pandaria, I remember I was like second on the server in gear score or something for like the first two weeks because I was able to just play all the time. These last two WoW launches, one happened during a p- 
pandemic. Yep. The other one, I, I'm an adult that can take time off of work and not have a problem with it. So I just go hard in the fucking paint and me and the boys are in discord and we're just like jamming and they're making fun of me because I'm playing the game because they <laughs> sprinted to the end to they're like, we got to finish the story as fast as we can. Let's go, go, go. And then I'm passing them on the fucking road paths in in the game as they're running back the other direction because they didn't hit max level and they have to go find things to do. And meanwhile, <laughs> I hit max level before I finish the campaign and they're like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I don't know. You guys are insane. I don't know what you're doing. Just do the quests as you see. <laughs> like, I have all those. All those memories are so, so good. I have a the good one of... Um... I remember once in a while where I it was I went to GameStop in Rome, okay. When I lived in Camden, still to pick up a midnight release of um, one of the Mass Effects. Oh, okay. Probably yeah. two. And I remember coming back to Camden to play it. Obviously, I almost hit a cow in the middle of the road. <laughs> I believe I believe that I went to multiple midnight releases for Call of Duties. Yep. And a couple Halos. Yeah, Halo did some Halos. and I didn't do three. I think I did Reach. I think Reach was the only like Halo one I went for. Mm-hmm. And then I went for every Call of Duty from Black Ops to Modern Warfare 2. Kids these days don't even know what that means. They don't even, they've never experienced that type of They also didn't have to experience the disappointment that was coming home to then start running the download, the disc install of day one patch at midnight. Yeah, the 40 gig patch or whatever. So you bought the game at midnight, took a 15 minute drive to get back to your house, then had a whatever 30 minute download to then start playing. And if you were me, we, my whole thing was, I'm not going to play multiplayer. This is, this is a, this is a you want to talk about a cooked thing that doesn't exist anymore. I came home and said, I'm gonna beat the campaign on veteran and then I'll play multiplayer. Yeah. I'm gonna beat the campaign on legendary Halo and then play multiplayer. Yeah. That was now the whole thing. It's you're gonna go play multiplayer and play the campaign and you're on your own fucking yeah. home. You're lucky if there's a campaign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember the fact that Reach had the the two different legendaries. They had legendary for completing it solo and legendary for yep. having a friend. Yep. I have legendary solo. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> I have no friends. I completed the harder one. And I remember specifically in in a call in a Black Ops one and in uh Reach. In Reach I kept getting sniped by a jackal that I didn't know where it was. And it kept resetting my mission progress and I was losing my fucking mind. And then in a Black Ops one, I remember uh two of us were playing it and I was in a completely different spot than somebody else, and he's like, What what do you mean? Just I was like way ahead of him in the campaign the entire time, and then I, and he was getting railroaded by like stupid checkpoints, and I was fine and flying, and then I get to a point and I started getting railroaded, and then he leapfrogged me. He's like, "What do you mean you're getting railroaded? Just turn left." And I went, "What?" And then I did it. And I was like, "I fucking hate it." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about number nine. All right, a ransomware group claims to have hacked Epic Games, as reported by Cyber Daily. Ransomware group Maglio Magliovich. Sure. McGillivich, sorry. I was like, there's too many letters in there. 
Megillovich, a relative newcomer to the scene, claimed to have attacked Epic Games servers and stolen 189 gigabytes of data, which included email, passwords, full names, payment information, source code, and more. The stolen data is also up for sale, although no price was mentioned, and the deadline is set to March 4th. As the ransomware group hasn't provided any proof for their claims, it is hard to say if they managed to steal anything from Epic. In a statement provided by to Eurogamer, Epic Games confirmed an investigation is underway, but there is currently zero evidence that the claims from the ransomware group are real. The group also failed to provide evidence to Epic Games when asked. So, maybe, maybe not. We'll find out, I'm sure. When things start showing up on the internet. Yeah, we'll at least definitely find out if it was true. Yeah. If it's not true, we might never find out. True. Or not true. True, true, true. true, true. Number 10. Pokemon Day was this week. Yeah. Nintendo and the Pokemon Company announced the next major core entry in the series, Pokemon Legends. Z-A. Z through A. Za. Za. It's all about pizza. Is that is that literally how, what we're doing? Za? Is that what it is? I have no fucking okay. idea. I, somebody had like the logo that they kind of put out, and it has like the Z-A on it. Yeah. And then somebody overlaid that on like a pizza, and I, they're just like, yeah, za. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the za. <laughs> and I was like, all right, man, sure, we'll right. do a pizza joke. Okay. Uh, well, it won't be coming out until 2025, and it's on the OG Switch. That seems like a mistake. The trailer implies players will now explore a more urban environment, specifically uh, Lumio City. Is that how you say that? Sure. It's a new city. So yeah. Okay. Which is located in the Kalos region, first introduced in Pokemon X and Y. Two of the ones I didn't play. The fact that the new game is set in the world of Pokemon X and Y also has fans speculating mechanics from that game, like Mega Evolutions, may also be returning. You better find the Mega Stones. The other major announcement from the Pokemon Presents show was Pokemon Trading Card Game Pocket, a new mobile version of the classic TGC. Uh, in addition to being able to trade and battle others via your phone, the cards will now have a new 3D effects, including immersive cards that have full diorama-like scenes you can explore. Pokemon Trading Card Game Pocket will launch sometime in 2024. I don't understand. That's fair. Because we already have TCG Live mm-hmm. on our phones. Yes. The trading card game. Yes. On your phone. Yes. And they're doing it again. Well, you get another trading card game on your phone. No, no, no. It's the same same one. Same trading card game. Yeah, a little bit prettier. Dioramas, bro. Put them in the other one. Dioramas. Put them in the other one. Nintendo. Like, I'm curious. I'm going to look at it. Yeah, that's a problem. But it's like, (laughs) why would I play both? That's the problem. What game were we talking about? We're talking about something about talking about a remake or something and i was bitching about it and then i was like you know what? we're all fucking gonna buy it and everyone's like yeah yeah i'm gonna i'd get it <laughs> and it's just like yeah that's the problem yeah uh, oh well so i we'll see yeah because unless you can use like the same cards and whatever and they just say like the same i i just don't get why you would try to split your digital card fandom like live currently mm-hmm. is still just your account that you sign into like if you play it on the desktop app or on your phone it's the same account cross save everything yeah. everything's all good maybe maybe this is replacing that 
But if that's the case, say that. Nintendo. Because you already did one TCG to TCG Live, which was already one migration. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So now if you're going to do another migration, why are you constantly migrating? Just build something that you can purposely feature update all the time. Uh, Whatever. Hey, guess what time it is? Rumor roundup. Well-known AMD leaker Kepler talked about the level of performance that will be delivered by the Switch 2's T239 chip, saying that there's no way it could perform on par with the Xbox Series S. However, the rumored ray reconstruction support could make the Nintendo Switch 2 ray tracing performance better than the Series S, and none of them will be available in Pokemon, because apparently that's not happening. The Nintendo Switch 2 price is expected to be somewhere between $399 and $499, which I expect that, I guess. Okay, it it's not like horribly surprising me no. for a new one. I'm expecting <clears throat> three ninety nine probably. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go higher. I don't think you, they could justify four four forty nine, and I don't think they can pull a four ninety nine and and have people happy. I think three ninety nine is as high as they can go. Right. I would I would be surprised if it was higher. All right, four hundred dollars. Switch to. The Starfield Shatter Space DLC could be revealed soon, judging from some recent activity on the Steam backend. Are you still playing Starfield? Kotaku has released an article strongly suggesting Gearbox software is being sold by Embracer like Saber Interactive. Gearbox founder Randy Pitchford reportedly held a town hall meeting this week in which he said a decision about the company's future had been made with more info set to be revealed in March. Hopefully after the movie's out. That would be even more wild if they sold off Gearbox. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. According to Tom Henderson, he's laid eyes on demo footage of Assassin's Creed Infinity. And surprise, surprise, it looks like it will be a heavily live service focused product. Per Henderson, it will launch alongside the Japanese-themed Assassin's Creed codename Red, which is set to arrive either late 2024 or the first quarter of 25. Ubisoft plans to deliver a big AC title every two years with smaller products in the year's between looking ahead, the multiplayer Assassin's Creed Invictus is said to be coming in 2025, and the dark witchcraft-themed Assassin's Creed codename Hex from Ubisoft Montreal is slated for 2026. Uh, subsection B, Nate's going to off himself if he has to hear about all these. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm losing my mind at their sheer just lack of quality and attempt at volume. Oh, and I didn't add in there, but... On top of the Black Flag remake that's basically happening. Oh, Skull and Bones. There's another There's another re, uh, Assassin's Creed remake they're working on. Tom Anderson. I'm not. No. I'm not going to acknowledge them. That's fine. Tom Henderson said that the next Battlefield's tentative launch window has been set to October 2025. The report also reveals that a free-to-play Battle Royale experience is being crafted by Ripple Effect Studios. It will be modeled after Call of Duty Warzone. And this is me saying you better not screw it up all like you did 2049. Yeah. Do something fresh. Do something sexy. Sony recently started sharing information on the PlayStation 5 Pro specs with third-party publishers, according to Colin Moriarty, the Long Island Viper. Facts. Gameplay footage showing off playable mechs in Helldivers 2 appeared to have leaked, including Warthogs. Yeah. 
According to Jeff Grubb, Dragon Age Dreadwolf will be shown this summer and is planned for release later this year. Bioware is internally confident about the release date. <laughs> oh, no. If we want to talk about what the canceled Star Wars game was about. Tell me, read we this one. We don't 100% want to talk about it. No, I got this. Okay. Because you got the entire next thing. So, Via Insider Gaming, quote. The game started with the Den, which was the player's base of operations that contained your ship, a map of the galaxy, an upgrade station, an armory, and more. It's understood that it would be here where you would select which bounties you'd want to pursue. The player could then equip the weapons they wanted, upgrade their armor, and then go into the ship and land on the planet where the bounty is located. The game was not an open world and instead offered a linear level experience but did have some larger open areas for the player to explore and find their bounties and other secrets combat was described as very fast paced due to the mandalorian jetpack that allowed for vertical dashing and horizontal boosting for reaching those high to reach places it was also said that there was a takedown feature which would see your character perform takedowns somewhat reminiscent of doom a lot less gory because it would be really weird to watch mando rip a dude's chin all the way down to his groin weird or awesome I'm aroused. <laughs> the main enemies were stormtroopers who would patrol most maps as you try and complete your bounty and had several different types that you come to expect from a Star Wars game. Regular, shotgun, sniper, heavy, and more. It's also understood that the game featured boss-like enemies periodically, like Timmy the Door Technician, <laughs> and others that would see you face ATST walkers and, you know, yeah. Other enemies would depend on the planet you were on, but could range from gangs of outlaws to other bounty hunters who wanted to beat you to the punch, end quote. So, man, eh, dead, whatever. Yeah. Another <laughs> one bites the dust. Another one on Tatooine. <laughs> now for the questionable things we didn't write full paragraphs on. Two more sons for you. Ooh. Get it? Because, like, it's a Tatooine thing. Yeah. More Tatooine. No. It's inevitable. Stop that. Don't make me hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Black Desert Online's lifetime revenue hits 2 billion euros. The MMO originally launched on PC back in 2014, then on consoles and mobile in 2019. It's wild. Tekken series boss Katsushiro Harada says rising development costs have necessitated the inclusion of microtransactions in the series' latest game claiming the cost of making these games is 10 times higher than they were in the 90s. It's interesting. I wonder what that means for like fighting games. Like you could do battle passes with like skins on characters and stuff, but I just don't know I don't know what you get live service-wise in a fighting game. Different arenas, different skins, uh different Titles, different. I mean, like, cosmetics, cosmetic I things. But that's like, what I mean, like skins of fighters. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, because yeah, you could do some really weird, funny stuff in Tekken. Just a bunch of big anime dudes dressed up like high school girls. Be funny. Yeah. Uh, Sega has appointed former Disney and Scopely executive Justin Scarpone as executive vice president and head of its newly established global transmedia group. Scarpone will oversee advancements across Sega's portfolio, including franchises such as Persona, Like a Dragon, and Angry Birds. Scarpone. It's a good name. According to Bloomberg, Rockstar is set to move back to working in office five days a week. Rockstar head of publishing Jen Colby 
uh, attributed the new policy to productivity and security reasons, adding that Rockstar sees tangible benefits of working in an office. While I don't like this, that guy's son ruined it for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, when they said security concerns, I was like, ah, you can't really argue with that one. Yeah. I was like, you can argue with productivity. I can argue that one all day, but yeah, security reasons? Nope. You've had too many leaks, and literally people working at their house and not taking care of what they need to are the reason. Yep. Nintendo of America is taking legal action against the developers of the Nintendo Switch emulator Yuzu. Is that how you say that? Do you know? I don't. Okay. Uh, Nintendo said that it is seeking equitable relief and damages for our unlawful circumvention of copyright protection systems and unlawful trafficking and circumvention technology in violation of the DMCA. Legal speak. Platika has halted. <laughs> Platika has halted its search for a buyer and aims to spend one point two billion dollars on merger and acquisition activity over the next three years. That's weird. That is very weird. That's like a that's an embracer situation. But like, hey, we wanted someone to buy us, but you know what? Fuck it. Oh, We're just gonna wants, spend some money. Nobody wants to buy me. Fine. I'm getting bigger then. Yeah. I'm gonna spend one point two billion. That's like, ah, oh, man. What do you mean they don't have? I I can't get this. I can't get a burger because the I'm buying a whole. I'm buying McDonald's. Also, company. this next statement threw me off, and I'm assuming they're located in an area that would make this relevant. Okay. Platika attributed its decision to pause its buyer search due to, quote, ongoing uncertainty in Israel and Ukraine, end quote. Maybe they're located? I have no idea. I don't know either. Uh, The concurrent player count for the Steam version of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has dropped so much since launch that it's now frequently lower than that of Gotham Knights. Which, that's impressive. Unity's 2023 revenue rose 57%. To $2.1 billion. EA has added four more patents to its accessibility patent pledge, which makes them available for everyone to use. I wonder if that's just because Unity fucked over so many people that just needed to pay for the time being. Maybe. Like it's a short-term boost? Yeah, because they, f- they tried to change their license thing and had to oust their CEO. Maybe. Greedfall 2 The Dying World will be released in early access this summer on Steam. Terminator Survivors is an open-world survival game slated for an early access launch on October 24th. Stardew Valley sales has surpassed 30 million units worldwide, and a free 1.6 update is releasing for PC on March 19th. Nuts. That is nuts. Helldivers 2 has sold 3 million units in just two weeks. Hell yeah. For democracy. (laughs) And Super Earth. Baldur's Gate sales have surpassed 10 million copies globally across all platforms. Electronic Arts has confirmed that F124 will be released on May 31st. And finally, the MMORPG Camelot Unchained, funded through Kickstarter nearly 11 years ago with $2.2 million, will finally be released late next year. I got Whiplash just listening to that. Uh, there was more. I thought about doing a whole art, a whole thing on it, but it's uh, I, I'm assuming it was being developed by like a dude or a couple dudes, and then they they f- secured external funding from other companies, mm. and so they're accelerating finishing the game. And 
it's the guy who's working on it is like I can't remember his exact uh, resume, but he was like some important person for like Mythic or something for like uh, what the hell was the game? What do they make that was like relevant to this? Um, he had worked on other MMOs. I can't remember what the hell they were. Could be a lot of things. Yeah, older ones. Um, yeah, that which is where there's more of them. It yeah. was recent ones. That's where my Conan EverQuest. EverQuest, I think, was one of them. Okay, there was a few of them, but in that like vein, yeah. So yeah, cool. I mean, it's been seven days. What you been up to? Um, not a whole lot, to be honest with you. And uh, just surviving, living life. Watch, I feel you. I feel that two a t. Watch some free practice Formula One. Watch some qualifying. Um, watching the old anime. We're supposed to go. Uh, well, we were gonna go look at uh, cars tomorrow, but no one has any in stock in their lots. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, I did see somebody driving a Maverick the other day. Yeah, I've seen them pop up more. We, that's what we were gonna go look at was a Maverick. And then my mom's bringing. They have a Honda Ridgeline. Okay. Um. So they're bringing that down because like we're trying the logistics of throwing the car seat in there and seeing if because the Ridgeline has a trunk in the bed. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we're gonna see if the stroller fits in it. You know, just do all that logistical stuff and. We yeah, were, test, test everything out. Yeah, we were hoping to do the same thing with a Maverick, but we called like the f- local Ford dealership, and they were like, "Yeah, we we had five for several weeks, and then they literally all sold in like the matter of a couple of days." It's like but I don't what good to you or me not. <laughs> yeah, he's like I don't know. It's a weird. It's a, he's like weird sales going on. Yeah, but they have a bunch more. He said that would be showing up in the next few days. Um, so. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. I keep knocking your cables down. Unbelievable. What have you been up to? Not too much. Defending Super Earth. Um, as, as you should. Saving Hawaii and Japan. That'd be like a dragon for nobody. That Okay. I was a little lost for a second. Yeah. There. yeah. Uh, saving Azeroth. As you should. Playing poker. What? Kind of. That is what that screenshot was. In yeah, the I was snap. totally lost. I, I knew that. you didn't know. Balatro, Balatro, B A L A. Sounds familiar. T R O uh, is a roguelike deck building game, but you score points by doing poker hands. Okay. And there's like modifiers that you put on, that you can get on cards, or it's like this one counts twice or counts for more. This one has a multiplier, uh, multiplier, you know, yada yada yada. Uh. And that was me winning with a deck that I had. So I was like, all right, cool. So I've been doing that because it's, it's just a good, I can do it during downtime runs. If I close it, like runs save and, you know, then I can continue them. But just while I'm like waiting around, I can just play it and be chill. These kids um, got their thumb on what's, what's cool right now. But yeah, that's really, that's it. Not much. Baseball watching, Formula One watching. Yeah, baseball. Baseball drafting. I'm in my fantasy draft right now. Our our first year player draft, so it's only like like six or seven rounds or something. Mm-hmm. 
but it's yeah, because it's, it's a it's a carryover league, right? right it's yeah. dynasty, so it's there's only so many spots that we sh- we actually have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's six hours a pick, so unless everybody's always like right there paying attention, each person gets up to six hours to pick, and the clock stops at ten or eleven o'clock at night, and doesn't turn back on until nine or ten a.m. the next day. So that way nobody Jesus. misses nobody misses it while they're like sleeping or something. How long how long does that take we'll, to get we'll through? We'll probably be done sometime next week. Weekends we usually move pretty quick, but like once if we're when we're in the week, like we started it Tuesday or Wednesday. And for the first couple of rounds, everybody's right usually right in. Because they're like, okay, we know exactly who we want. It's the excitement part of it. Mm-hmm. And then as it kind of wanes a little bit for uh, uh, during the like the rest of the work days, where it's like, ah, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not like paying attention or whatever. Yeah. And then on the weekend, we'll probably fly through it a lot quicker, just because nobody, nobody in the league, I think, works weekends. I'm not positive about that though. Um, but that'll probably move closer, and then we'll probably finish it by like next sometime during next week. Then at least I can start making more roster moves before the season actually starts. That's a cool way of doing it, low stress. Yeah. It at least saves you from, like, we could do this all in one day, honestly, because we only do so many rounds. So it would only be like an hour if we could ever uh, have everybody uh, agree to a time. But that's like the heart. You, yeah, that's impossible. You get 12 for... people to all agree that they're mm. going to do whatever. Like, it works out for like that's normally how we've how I've done fantasy football with people is we all find a time to do the draft where it's like if we all just agree that the draft starts here and it's a slow draft and every draft has six hours or every pick has six hours and it does you know it follows the same rules it would take us a month to get the draft done yeah because people would forget you have to remind any you know, the whole <clears> thing but those ones I I'm usually sitting around for like an hour to an hour and a half per draft to get through those ones mm-hmm. this one is one quarter of the amount of rounds I would need in football. So we'd, we'd we'd fly through it pretty quick. Yeah. But it allows you also to like make a pick, pause, essentially pause for a while. Think about what your next one's going to be. Reevaluate as everything comes off the board. And you know, you can, you can, you don't have to think as fast. Like yeah. You're saying low stress. You don't yeah. have to think any more leisurely as fast to, adjust on the fly when all of a sudden the person in front of you gets takes what you were wanting mm-hmm. and now it's like okay i've only got a minute 30 to what was my backup plan it's like yeah. you got five hours if you really wanted to like try to figure it out mm-hmm. so yeah no that's really it so that's nice. all i got then same all right we will see you all in one week bye hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.